0: Welcome to the Uplifting Podcast. Today we talk to Danielle Thomas-Ross. Danielle left a successful business of 25 years in Seattle to follow her passion for creating women-only spaces here in Hawaii.
1: Danielle believes there's a special power in women-only spaces, and we discuss what that is and how she came to discover this truth.
0: We also talk about how to trust your inner voice as you go through a major shift or change in your identity and how to rediscover who you are when this occurs. We
1: talk about the specific women-only spaces she has created here in Hawaii and her vision for the future. So let's get into the episode. Welcome
0: to the Uplifting Podcast
1: with your host, Randy and Catherine. This is a space for powerful women to share their story and to be real and raw about the truth of living your life's purpose.
0: Any topic is fair game. We check gossip at the door so we can focus on building community
1: and collaboration. This podcast will help you discover your individual power and give you the tools to live your most uplifted life. So let's find out what's uplifting you today.
0: Welcome to the Uplifting Podcast. Today we have Danielle, and Danielle is an entrepreneur, facilitator, and speaker who believes that women-only spaces are valuable and necessary. She left her job of 25 years as a salon owner to pursue her passion for empowering women in a different way. She now hosts a podcast, Instigate Her, facilitates authentic relating games, um, specifically Sparked, and she leads a Women Speak circle here in Honolulu. So welcome
2: Danielle. welcome, Danielle. Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> it's such a pleasure to
0: have you on this morning, So, or this afternoon, I guess. Uh, so we're just going to dive right in. We want to know about your story. What got you to leave your job of 25 years as a salon owner, a very successful salon owner, I might add, to totally change your career and leave Seattle. Now you're here in Honolulu. Tell us
2: what got you to this point. Wow. Um, well, that move was a couple of things that I became aware of my body breaking down from doing hair for so long. Um, and, and luckily I had fashioned my business in a way that I could step from behind the chair and still have a, um, A profitable business running Um, most salons set up businesses that are booth renters and a lot of times the owner of the space has to keep working because that's the way that they um, fund their own personal lives and then the other booth renters actually fund the space right but I had a booth I had a salon that was set up for employees so it was great that I was able to still lead the team manage the business and step away from back from the chair Um, But I found that my passion for the industry started to wane the more I was not actively touching people. I wasn't actively doing hair. And as much as I loved the coaching and the training that I was giving the staff and loved being right there in the environment, there was just something overall that was missing. And so I felt like it was time for me to make a big change. Another thing was um, I became really aware of, that I was really into touching people and helping them in ways and touching their lives and hearing their stories, but that there was something that was in there for women in particular, um, black women in particular around our hair and and having a history of where we were always feeling as though we needed to change ourselves, change, change the way we came into the world naturally, specifically with our hair, to somehow be accepted, fit in, succeed. And in a way, I don't know, I I kind of got into this almost guilty for prosperity thing around making the money and having the success that I was having and still kind of catering to that ideology, right? Mm -hmm. So it was twofold, me getting to the point of being in a space with the business that I was like, kind of throw my hands up, I think I'm done here, and the other part of wanting to show up for women um, in a different way.
1: That's incredible. I mean, just the fact that you're able to listen to yourself and with such clarity and say, like, I need to step away. That's amazing. Um, so for you, what is this feeling of wanting to connect with women? What does that feel like to you? And I know you're doing the Sparked and things like that. What is your ultimate goal as far as helping women and these women-only spaces?
2: Mm. I, I've become really acutely aware to um, mindset and how our mindset really affects everything that we have, do, see as possible in our lives. Mm -hmm. And so in Holding Spark and Facilitating Woman Speak, it's almost showing up as um, a grounding space Mm -hmm. where they can further explore these questions in their lives of who am I and what's important to me and how do I show up and how do we commune with one another? that I find that that has a big um, part of really how we are able to express ourselves fully in the world. Um, And so the way I see myself in, okay. The way I see myself, sorry, somebody passed by. The way I see myself um, expanding that is starting to get into more mindset work for myself but also how can I bring this as far as being a mirror for the women that I'm able to be in contact with on a regular basis.
0: That's amazing. So, you know, I know that you believe that women-only spaces are valuable and necessary. Can you explain your belief behind that and kind of how that belief was formed in your life?
2: Hmm. You know, I, I guess I'd have to think about the fact that as a little girl, Both my parents owned hair salons. My my mom owned a hair salon, my father owned a barbershop. And so two totally different worlds, right? One was very male and one was very female. And there was always a different energy in in both. And I realized that there was a healing that happened for both sexes in spaces that were primarily just for them, right? The Mm -hmm. men got a chance to really talk about issues that were important to them and just kind of relax and express themselves the way that men do without having to hold back in any way. Um, and the women got the same thing. Women were able to come into the space and be cared for, to be touched, be listened to, um, have their voices value their
0: Oh, we lost you Danielle.
2: And so that makes, <laughs> am I back?
0: You're back. You're back.
2: (laughs) Okay, good. Um, And so I think that foundationally, that had a big thing, big part of it. Um, And in present day, in my own experience, having my own salon, even though it was, um, it offered space for everyone to come in. We had men, women, and children. Um, Finding that I wanted to bring into the world what I needed, which was a foundational place for me to feel comfortable to be fully expressed and also be able to hold women in that same light.
1: Wow. I think it's so fascinating because I don't think a lot of people can do what you did as far as stepping away from not only a career, but your own business, (laughs) not just some job you worked at for 25 years, like your own business. I'm curious as to any potential shifts in your identity. How did you handle that? Did that come up? And then also, how did you find this new identity, or was it just kind of this fluid transition?
2: You know, girl, I wish it was see, I wish it was that calculated, and that <laughs> planned out. I wish it was. It was just me answering the overwhelming feeling within that it's really time for me to move on. And it wasn't a move that I did without fear, right? And I had to unpack a whole lot of things around that and then just kind of jump into it and be, because even to the point that it wasn't, it wasn't fully accessible, like I had to make it happen, right? Um, black owned businesses don't usually get sold that easily, right, and then sh- having to structure it in a market to sell it to show that it had value and that it could be run without me, right? That somebody else could step in and it was fully functioning and they could go ahead and move forward, so, I mean, that was me having to like really walk my own talk, right? Like saying, this is what I want. I, I, I've built this business to be of value and to function without me. Now I have to make sure that it sells, right? So it was, it was a very conscious effort in that perspective. Um, but then the whole identity thing, I realized after moving to Hawaii that that was like, you know, I'm living my dream. When people ask me, what do you want to do? I said, well, I'm living my dream. I wanted to live on an Island. I wanted to not have to work every day that I wanted whatever investments I had already made to somehow fund my lifestyle. Right. And I was willing to, um, I want to say the first two years after I sold one of the things that me and my husband did was like, just start to scale back, start to purge. um, What wasn't needed, start to like get our lives into a very minimalistic place. And then um, landing here in Hawaii, realizing that my identity had totally shifted and that um, people would ask me, I mean, that's one of the first questions that comes up when you meet someone, what do you do? And so I was almost relating everything that I did based on to what I used to do. Right. And it was like, okay, well, who am I now? Who am I outside of my salon? And I found that to be a stronger question in my life that needed to be pursued and explored and played with, and I think that um, I'm just now getting to the fullness of who I am outside of the business that I created and left.
0: So how do we really discover who we are after a big change or transition like that in our lives, like whether it's, you know, a big career change like that, or maybe somebody is now newly single after being married for 25 years, or You know, I mean, you made another big change in like moving to, you know, a new, totally new place, but like any transition, you know, after, you know, being a parent for 18 years and now not having any kids in the home, like how do you rediscover who you are when such a big part of your identity is changed?
2: Mm. I think some of that comes from really exploring what brings you joy. where where your bliss places are, and um, I think that changes with us, but that in in each moment in time in our lives, the more we're able to tap into that and really get into it and own it um, and bring it forth in our lives in other ways, right? So for me, it was um, community. It was being in groups. It was playfulness, right? And so, when the opportunity showed up, I just started to pursue them more and pursue them more. And from there, then other ways to be of service in, in that same arena started to show up. Um, my first Sparked game, like it really was enlightening to just answer the call to come play without knowing anyone, right? which was, which was a decision that I'd made probably the week before. It was like, okay, I'm here and I'm, I'm ready to explore. And how do I do that? How do I tap into community in Hawaii, right? It was super easy in Seattle, in my shop, because people came through the door all day long. Not only did they come through the door, they came through the door asking me where to go and what to do and then offering me ways to connect, um, always trying to advertise what they had going on. So the, the call on Sparked and the way it was kind of worded was like just to build community, um, to have fun with one another and come even if you don't know anyone. And it was like, okay, this is, this is what I need to do. This is that answer to that call. And then from there, um, just creating a space of openness and saying yes to things that I normally wouldn't say yes to, um, to spaces that I probably wouldn't have um, seen myself in five years before. Uh, it's created more access to that joy place for me, what brings me bliss and play and more people in my world than uh, I had been allowing earlier.
1: Wow, that's so incredible. <laughs> and you've kind of already touched on the subject already. I'm also just curious, what do you think is the obvious or not obvious value of having women-only spaces? Why is that? Yeah, why, is, why should women be focused on finding something like that?
2: Some of it's timing, I think it's needed, that Mm -hmm. women need to, um, there's a call for us to be more visible, to be more heard, right? And to value ourselves from, not from an outside worldly perspective, but from deep down inside of who we are. And that happens in in women only spaces because we get into this comfortable place of sisterhood. Um, I think in the past, there's been more of a catty and competitive nature right. for women, right? And that, that society had built up and perpetuated um, starting probably in middle school, right? Um, that most of us have, have recognized and now in our adult lives realize that that doesn't serve us and it doesn't have to be the way that it moves forward. And so when you bring women together in these spaces where they realize that it's not about competition, it's about collaboration, Right, And it's not, about, um, uh, it's not about talking down about our differences or about ourselves personally, but about celebrating all of who we are in a space and the importance of that in a woman-only space. And the reason why that happens is because we're not the only ones feeling that, right? That mm. once I let down my guard and, and allow for people to see who I fully am, and be the opening for collaboration and love and celebration, then other women let down their guard, and they realize, oh, like this is wonderful, right? So I just keep pursuing and keep pursuing um, creating those spaces for women only because there's something that happens that perpetuates that, that um, competition between women when men are around. There's a place that we go within ourselves that kind of uh, shrinks um, and has historically. That when we practice this new way of being with one another in woman only spaces where we're able to do it collectively, we're able to kind of practice and strut around and, and celebrate one another, that it becomes less likely that we will shrink um, when we're in spaces that contain men too.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And do you think that that it's just the power of women-only spaces? Or is there, like, another key ingredient in the women-only spaces that really facilitates this authentic relating with other women and the ability to no longer feel that competition towards women? Because I know for so long, like, I avoided women-only spaces because... I was like, well, I don't really relate to women on that. Like I'm not the girly girl, like I can't, you know, like I, I kind of avoided that. So like, do you think that there's another piece that's like super important in those women only spaces that allows us to build that sisterhood?
2: I think that someone has to hold it up to not be that type of space. I mean, I had I had been in those spaces before. Mm-hmm. I'd want to say that probably in high school, that I was either a loner or one on one. I hated groups. I definitely hated totally. groups of girls. Right? <laughs> totally. Like a- avoided them because <laughs> totally. um, because there was that dynamics where there was at least one girl who had to be the one. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And her oneness was always in reflection of letting everyone else know that they were not the one. Mm-hmm. Right? And <clears throat> I think that what has to happen in these women-only spaces where people, where women start to feel like, okay, this, that's not the same experience, is that there has to be someone consciously holding up that that's not what this is about. That co- the competitiveness and um, the personal insecurity that causes for us to attack one another doesn't have to show up in this space. That that once that happens, that, that we, we allow for women to let down that guard and let down that that shield that we have of thinking that's how we have to be. Then it creates all this new space, this new energy, this new uh, possibility. Like
0: creating equal space for every single woman, right? Instead of like, this is a space where I shine versus like, this is a space where we all can shine, right? Where we
2: all shine. And- and i think that's in the celebration part of it right if we can celebrate our individual differences right which are important we don't have to come in this space and all try and be the same which is i think is one of the important key factors that has to happen in those spaces where we're celebrating our individual mm-hmm. greatness right which doesn't always look like someone else's but is just as just as wonderful yeah, yeah. <clears throat>
1: And for women looking to get into spaces with other women, do you think there, do you think this power only comes from in-person connections or what about women who are looking for online connections? Can they find that too?
2: Yeah, I think that's possible. I I have um, a few online groups that that are just women um, that I belong to. Um, I feel personally, it's easier and more effective to foster relationships from in-person connect, contact. Um, I think that there's something, there's almost, well, there's a screen between us, right? There's the distance between us. There's the ability for us to connect on some level, but I feel like that's deepened by in-person connection. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. yeah. Like you said, w- you know, with your salon job, it was like you missed that con- actual physical connection of connecting with people versus, you know, just coaching people, you you don't really get that, like, hands-on, like, let me, like, be with you, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally see the power in that, absolutely. So, with Sparked, how did, is that kind of what kind of sparked within you, like, that women's only space, like, to see the value in that, like, in creating that for yourself? Is that what sparked it within you and has kind of created this journey, this path that you're on now? Or what was it that really like, was like, this is what I need to pursue?
2: (laughs) I think it's been a natural transition after leaving the salon. Um, And I didn't, I'm trying to remember what maybe fully triggered it. I think it was just a natural transition from leaving the salon that I had been, even though I had men clients, I still felt extremely drawn to continuing to create a space for women, right? Mm -hmm. Which is the hair salon generally. Um, And that it's, it's always a space of beautification, but nurturing, right? It's a space where a woman comes in and she, sheds a lot of her pretense, right? Because her hair is messed up. She's sitting there dripping wet or with a towel. You know, it's not her most beautiful moment physically as far as beauty is concerned in the world, but she's coming there to just be cared for, right? And to, to um, have someone accentuate her natural beauty, right? And who she is and what her, her greatest assets are and to listen to her emotional needs in that moment and so there was so much that came from the salon there was community building Um, a lot of times in that space it was people would show up women would show up and they'd see each other and they'd be like oh my god i haven't seen you in so long and they would sit down and have a three-hour conversation right and just kind of catch up on all the things that have been going on in their lives and in the company of other women where the conversation, someone else might jump in and add something. So there was al- already this incredible dynamic that had started from my understanding and my perspective um, that I just wanted to see continue in other ways and, and understood the value of it, not just for me personally, but for what the women were getting for themselves.
0: Wow. Yeah. It almost, it almost seems like, you know, when you, <coughs> I know you mentioned before how, the value of what you were seeing in the salon of trying to change women externally. And that wasn't really matching your, you know, your internal values. It seems like you were able to kind of shift into what you're doing now, where it's like, it is more of an internal transformation that you're facilitating for these women instead of that external transformation, like in the salon. So it's yes. like, it's like, it does really, even though you didn't intend it this way, <laughs> it's like, such a beautiful evolution of how you went from helping women become more beautiful externally to realizing, okay, that doesn't really like connect with my values anymore to now shifting to like, I'm helping women become more beautiful internally and yeah. like holding that space for them. I just think that's such an yeah. incredible evolution.
2: Thank you. Thank you. No, it wasn't intentional, but, um, and, and, and it's ongoing, right? It, it, I feel like when I left the salon, I also jumped into several different businesses, right? Like I, I became the salon owner's mentor and, um, clarity coaching around business. And a lot of those things was, were great. They were virtual, but I felt like they, they were an underservice, I felt like there was so much more that I wanted to do as far as of, of service for women, but also um, from the perspective of getting into what clients, the issues that clients were showing up with that. Great. We took care of what your business needs were, which, what clarity you needed around what you were trying to build. But the conversations always went into this space of having to really address their fears, whatever insecurities that they really had. Um, things that were old wounds from childhood right or old experiences that they had had and I felt like okay if we could have space to really unpack some of that right hold each other in in uh in awareness and consciousness of being able to share it because once you share it once you you uh, open your closet And let the bones fall out on the floor for yourself right like no nobody there's the energy about that around that starts to just go away it just dissipates right so just realizing that there was some other important work to be done within that was was important for me to start to explore
1: another thing that we haven't we mentioned in the introduction but we haven't talked about yet i want to know more about your podcast instigate And who you're looking to motivate and inspire and help. Um, and what kind of women you are interviewing.
2: Huh. Okay. So I haven't interviewed anyone yet. I do have a list all for 2019. Um, so uh, hopefully, so getting that working, right. And um, hoping to see both of you ladies on the podcast uh, mm-hmm. in 2019. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, originally launched with the intention of pretty much showing up for what I needed. Right. When I was opening my business or in the times that I've just been going through these transitions, it was great to have just a motivational clip, just a little something just to kind of get my mind. Right. Right. And um, I didn't always have a lot of time every day to listen to a full hour or a hour and a half of whatever. but. And I love, I love inspirational talks and motivational talks. And there's, I feel like women are not highlighted in that space enough, right? And so I was finding so much content with men thought leaders, but not a whole lot of content with women thought leaders. And so I really designed the podcast around featuring women thought leaders with an inspirational motivational message delivered in minutes.
1: I really respect that because I totally agree with you and see that like, like you're saying every thought leader is like a Tony Robbins or Gary V or whomever, you know, it's it's, yeah. it's like, where are the women? We're inspirational, motivational, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I apologize for that. That's amazing.
0: I also Thank like you. the idea of the short form format, yes. because like you said, not all of us have like time to listen to an hour long podcast or except for this one, right guys? <laughs> yes. Right. <laughs> You know, I mean, after you listen to the uplifting podcast, you don't have any more time in your day. to listen. To <laughs> so it's like, of course, you know, like those little mini like, bur- like, I feel like in so many moments, like maybe I'm about to like go do a heavy lift or like going to like do a speech. Like if you could just like hear that motivation, like really quick, I think that's super powerful. So yes, everyone make sure you go and check out Danielle's podcast. We'll make sure to link it in the show yes. notes. Thank you. Yes, that's so powerful. I think it's, you know, like you said, it's what you needed, but I feel like so many other people need this in their journey as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, one thing I wanted to touch on a little bit, because you talk about it, is the power of yes. So, a lot of times we hear about, you know, the power of saying no and how we need to learn to say no more, which I believe is totally true. But on the other hand, there is power in saying yes, right? Yes. Especially mm-hmm. to things that maybe push us out of our comfort zone. Yeah. So could you talk about that a
2: little bit? You know, um, I feel like Sparked was at first yes. And it led me um, down a path of just continuing to say yes to things that, like I said, maybe it was outside of my comfort zone. Maybe it was outside of um, who I felt like I fit in with. Right. But the, 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 offering for the experience was there. So <clears throat> I have found the power of yes to be most rewarding and profound when we're clear about who we are and what we want in the world. Mm-hmm. Right. And so my, when your yeses become so much more clear and so much more um, precise than is it creates the opening and the offering for you to have all this come into your life. Uh, and I think that we waver a lot. A, a lot of times we say maybe like recently with consensual with consent workshops that I've been doing um, with uh, Chica Scott have been great because it's kind of reaffirmed. Yes. If you, if you're a maybe you're really a no. Right. But if you're a yes, the clarity of your yes, the strength of your yes, and the, the power of that to pull you in to something so wonderful and um, explorative is great. So I think that it's it's good to know when you're clearly a no, it's even better to know when you're a fucking yes.
1: Yes. <laughs> Hell <laughs> the fuck yes. yes. Hell the fuck yes. I yeah. think that's what's important is just when you're, when you say yes, it's really just connecting with yourself and it's learning to listen to yourself. Because, yeah, like you said, you know when you're a no and you know when you're a yes. It's just trusting that and listening to that. That's what's imperative. That's, that's a whole, that's all of it. That's all of it. Yeah.
0: yeah. But I think, yeah. I think so often we are, we lose that intuition because we're not used to listening to our inner voice, right? Mm-hmm. We're like, oh, no, I don't, you know that's not really true. Like, I'm just being, you know, whatever. And, and exactly. We're trying to justify, validate it. And instead yeah. it's that we're not really listening to ourselves. And so it, it becomes hard to really hear that voice.
2: Yeah. But, you
0: know, I think so much of your personal journey, Danielle, has been about listening to that inner voice saying yes at the right times. Cause that's, what's really created those opportunities that have led you on this journey.
2: Yeah, yeah, truly, truly. I I think that, um, and trusting the yes, right? There were so many times where I had no idea how the shit was going to work out. Absolutely none, right? And um, just trusting that the reason why I was called to say yes is so powerful. And even though I don't know how I'm going to make it happen, I still know that it will happen right? Mm -hmm. That the possibility is still there, that the universe is leading me in the right direction based on the deep resounding yes that I'm feeling. So there does have to be a trusting within that.
0: Absolutely. It's like getting getting detached from like the how, right? Like Mm -hmm. how it's going to happen and just trusting that it will, right? It's essentially, you know, by some means, it's going to happen. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. yeah. But again, it's getting really clear, right? On yeah. what your inner voice is saying, what your inner yes is saying, and listening to that so that you can really lead your life from that trusting, knowing place. Totally. Totally. Yeah. So before we ask our last question, <clears throat> is there anything that we haven't asked you that you feel like? you would like to share with our audience or you wish we would have asked
2: Hmm. no I think you guys have been really thorough we've even gone some places so I wasn't even sure we were gonna go that I'm loving yay all right yeah (laughs) Yeah.
1: good I'm so glad it always seems
0: to go that way (laughs) yeah When you listen to your inner voice. Yes. Yes.
2: Yes. (laughs) And
0: that's, you know, I think I want, I just want to acknowledge you, Danielle, because you have really taught me the power of listening to that inner voice and just trusting that it really is there. And through Women Speak, which for those of you, I didn't mention, Danielle is my Women Speak leader. So you have given me the space to help me discover Mm. my inner voice, my inner truth. And so I just want to acknowledge you, Danielle, because you really are creating such an impact in this world you have personally changed my life so I just want to thank you for creating these women-only spaces because they are valuable and necessary so Thank thank thank
2: you thank you
1: thank you oh and for our final question we like to leave our audience if you could give them three little tidbits of advice that they, some actionable steps that they could take today that would up the flip, Hello? Uplift their lives. You're huh. welcome. <laughs> okay.
2: Um, three tips to uplift your life one, you are enough. Yeah. Write that on your mirrors, put it in your car, put it on your cell phone, but remember that you are enough. Whatever it takes for you to. To hold yourself in the highest value every day all day long and know that you are enough that's one two discover your joy discover what brings you bliss what brings you happiness and if that means that you have to take a hiatus and say yes to a whole bunch of things that you weren't quite sure about so that you can explore what that really is for you do that and three answer the calling that it's, it's inside of you. It's drawing you. It's talking to you all day long instead of um, arguing with it and trying to answer it back and discuss it right in your own mind. Say yes.
1: Yeah. I love it. Thank you for sharing those. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So where can our listeners find you connect with you um, online and then in person if you if you have anything going on. In anymore.
2: person in person, I want to invite everyone on February 9th. Uh, I'm not sure when this is going to air, but on February 9th it we'll before o'clock. February 9th.. <laughs> yeah. Bakery and table come and enjoy the stories that women tell. It's women speak, um, storytelling along with Kanma who will be performing um, wonderfully for us in that space. Uh, there's tickets online and there will be a link in the show notes, I'm sure. Yes. yes. <laughs> we'll make
0: sure this airs yes. um, before then. So we're going to move you up in the list. Girl. Hey,
2: I just, I yeah. just moved myself <laughs> up. Yeah. Um, yeah. Other ways, instigate her podcast, which can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify. Um, join me there. Awesome. Oh, so it. amazing. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. And You're so welcome. Thank you. you.
0: Thank you so much for sharing a piece of your day with
1: us. Please rate and subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you're listening to us on.
0: To continue the conversation, follow Catherine and Randy on social media. Our links are listed in the show notes.
1: We can't wait to share another powerful story with you next week. And until then, stay stay uplifted. uplifted.